Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to the first of the Hollowdell Media Podcast. Oh my goodness, we have metamorphosized. The stream bucket has been bucketed. It has kicked the bucket. It has kicked the stream bucket. And now we are just one thing. Everything we do, just one thing. Yeah, I don't have to get confused. It's not confusing anymore. We are Hollowdell Media. There's three of us. Us two do this. There's another one. And three, three, the three of us make films as well. And there's another one as well. And there's another one. And there's a couple people around. Yeah. So Hollowdale Media is a mass of part-timers. Yeah. Is what we're saying. That's a good, good way to put it. And what better time to, to change than on my birthday? Your birthday. The metamorphosis continues. Yes. You have turned from being a spry and lively 30-year-old man to a decrepit, horrible little 31. I'm a bit concerned with how fast the year of 30's gone, because I kind of, I was thinking, well, when I turn 30, you know, it's like, oh, well, I've got 10 years till the next horrible bit. I'm right at the start of this journey of the decade, and I'm already, like, into it now. It's happened very fast. Well, yeah, you and everyone else in the world. Coronavirus. Oh, oh no. You've looked, basically, we've all lost a whole year. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't that's talking. Why about, that's why it's done so quick. That's though. true. Yeah, it's gone too fast because we've literally been doing nothing. Well, we did. We so as Holiday Media, we finished uh, Quaggers, our first professional short film. Uh, that was coming to an end when you turned thirty. Yeah, it was coming to an end. It was we on the final hurdle. Anyway, a couple of reshoots, which Lars did with a. Uh, Something that maybe we shouldn't notice, an almost exploding corpse that didn't explode. Yeah, we, um, we, we had to recast. That was around October time, wasn't it? Yeah, we had to recast. We Oh, ow, and we filmed our most successful original short film to date. What's that? Daphne Thunderstorm and the P- Pumpkin Scarecrow. Daphne Thunderstorm and the Pumpkin Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah. We certainly did. So yeah, no, we've got now we've we've come forward. We've got a family of actors who we uh, who we love and who we will be working again with in future. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, it's good. Things are looking up, and now we got there's stuff being brought to your attention in the next few weeks. There's videos that will be released. Oh, videos! We are now officially on the road to mass production and depression and madness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then will come the the October spectacular. Yeah, yeah. If you're just joining us now and you're thinking we don't like these guys already, they suck. Um, <laughs> the hell are they talking about? Hang on till October and then we'll change your minds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, we are yes. big horror people. So the podcast itself, it won't be changing a huge amount. So we'll still be covering fortnightly films that we'll choose at random, mostly. Uh, doing film reviews, game reviews, talking about stuff we've seen and also stuff we're working on as well. Yeah. And as the weeks go on, there's a good chance this podcast might become more about the stuff we're working on and the silly little things that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we've got, and there's also a Patreon you need to head over to, but we can talk about that later in the show. Yes, indeed. So, with that in mind... It's your birthday show, Rob. It's my birthday show. Got some little surprises for you along the way. A surprise. I hope you've invited the birthday clown. The birthday clown will be 
coming out of your bathtub any minute now. Wonderful. If you would like to know more about the birthday clown, head to our Patreon. Mm-hmm. So, yes. tell us about the film we're going to watch, as it was your special birthday pick. Um, I thought uh, we should watch South Park, the movie Bigger, Longer and Uncut, because I could talk about that film for days. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, got to wanting to watch it and I thought I'm not in the mood for it because I've watched it fairly recently why don't we watch The Naked Gun we watched The Naked Gun it was great and then I came to the realisation that it's a very sort of Zucker Brothers comedy what do you want us to do repeat the jokes for 20 minutes yeah that's the problem with doing comedy we've discovered that before yeah South Uh, Park's a lot deeper surprisingly the South Park movie is a lot deeper than The Naked Gun in terms of its oh, tone yeah. and its references, like it's, it's all there's all sorts of stuff in there. So I figured we can definitely talk about South Park without having to watch it again. So I changed my mind back. We're going with South Park. Absolutely. You will, you will never on this show ever get a Naked Gun review. <laughs> I don't us. know. I have to say, having just watched it in preparation for this, I also watched it with the commentary. And if you have, if you are a fan of commentaries and haven't listened to them, the Zucker Brother comedies uh, commentary is amazing. They go really into depth with it. They talk about how they put the film together. They talk about all the things that they had to do to get to this point. It's actually really interesting. So I'd recommend checking that out. So um, you know that you know OJ Simpson. He was a naughty boy. He was a naughty um, boy. Killed his wife and um, allegedly, allegedly, definitely, definitely. Um, what did they say? They had something interesting to say. They had a little joke to say about that, didn't they? Well, the, the, as soon as he pops up on the screen, they go, "Oh, oh, that's OJ." Is he still acting? <laughs> Which, you know... He's been a very naughty boy <laughs> since then, O.J. Simpson, hasn't he? Didn't he kidnap or steal? He's done another crime. Has he? He went, He did another crime a couple of years ago, and now he's in jail. They still can't get him for the for the murder. Allegedly. <laughs> You'd be a good lawyer. <laughs> if, the gu- if the glove fits... O.J. Sim- okay, cool. A little O.J. Simpson update Armed for Armed robbery and kidnapping. Um, Bloody hell. God, what a fall from grace. So he went from being like, was he a quarterback? He was a famous American footballer. A running back, okay. Whatever that is. I don't don't have a clue. Yeah, but the thing thing with this is, the thing with this, we've all seen Making a Murderer. Yeah. There's a good chance they just found something because America's a messed up country as we all know now. Mm. We love you, America, but sort it out. Uh, So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Okay, Allegedly. Okay. Allegedly, yeah. Oh, Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Um, yeah, we are We are watching South Park. Um, Very good. What else are we doing? What else are we doing? We are doing Fortnite Schmore Night. We are also... Uh, Fortnite Schmore Night, for those of you who don't know who just joined us, uh, we're going to be going through some news and stuff which has come out in the past two weeks. And, yes, and there'll be reviews as well, including Flash Ruddy Gordon. uh, We just had the 40th anniversary of Flash Gordon, the best film of all time. Gordon. Speaking of commentaries, the 25th anniversary of Flash Gordon, you must watch. Okay. Because uh, Brian Blessed does commentary. Oh, I'm doing a commentary on a DVD special. And he spends the whole film going, No, isn't it marvellous? And I I bet he says it, doesn't he? I bet he says the famous line. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I've lost my plimsolls. <laughs> I've stubbed my toe. Yeah, the famous, the famous line. Absolutely. He also talks about how he touched up all the extras. 
Oh, it was a different time, Brian. It was a different we'll time. forgive you for that sexual assault, oh. that minor sexual assault. Hashtag Ming Too. Ming Too? Oh, that's very funny. It's very funny. <laughs> well, let's get on with it. Adam's Retro Film Reviews. Flash Gordon, 1980. What plaything can you offer me today? The planet <laughs> Earth. What's happening? It's an attack. Pathetic Earthlings. Who can save you now? Flash! They'll kill you! Let's all team up and fight him. I want him. Stop at nothing. I love you, but we only have 14 hours to save the Earth. Flash Gordon is still alive. Gordon's alive? Oh, man. I got lucky on this one. Re-released for Flash Gordon's 40th anniversary, I had the absolute pleasure of being able to see the cult classic space opera on the big screen. And you know what? I've seen this film hundreds of times, and it never gets old. Directed by Mike Hodges and produced by De Laurentiis, Flash Gordon was adapted to the screen by the cheese-loving Lorenzo Semple Jr., well known for his work on the outrageously camp 1960s Batman series. It's worth remembering that Flash Gordon was the sci-fi serial from the 1930s and had often been considered for being remade. Indeed, George Lucas had the idea to resurrect Flash from the grave in the 70s but was beaten to the punch when he discovered De Laurentiis had already bought the rights to it. So, naturally, George Lucas went and made a little indie film called Star Wars instead. Ironically, it was the success of the 1977 Star Wars that saw Flash Gordon finally committed to film. And boy... The world didn't know what hit it. The film itself opens on ruthless alien dictator Ming the Merciless, played to perfection by Max von Sydow, amusing himself with the thought of torturing an unknown world in the SK system, a little planet known to the primitive inhabitants as Earth. Ming rains down a plague of earthquakes, hurricanes, and hot hail under the watchful eye of his henchman, General Clytus, played by Peter Wingard. Back on Earth, a quarterback for the New York Jets, Flash Gordon, played by Sam J. Jones, and travel agent Dale Arden, played by Melody Anderson, are coerced into a rocket ship by the Mad Hand Zarkov, played by the curiously single-named Topol. See, Dr. Zarkov has the theory that there is an outside intelligence at work causing the destruction on the Earth. And damn it, he intends to stop it. Luckily for him, Flash and Dale crash land their jet virtually on top of him and are ushered into the capsule with barely a moment to think. Launching into the unknown, Zarkov's rocket is soon intercepted and taken into Ming's lair. Here they must confront the evil Emperor himself, but despite Ming falling for Dale's charms, he's quick to dismiss the rebellious Flash, ordering him to be executed in front of all of his subjects. But when Ming's daughter, the spoiled and bratty Princess Aura, played by Onela Muti, takes a shine to Flash, the future of Ming's domain soon becomes up for grabs. With Dale imprisoned in Ming's fortress, Flash soon finds himself hopping from moon to moon, trying his best to encourage the people to rise up against Ming. First, the forest-dwelling Arboreans, led by Timothy Dalton as the charming Prince Baron, and, of course, the Hawkmen, led by the one and only Brian Brassett as his childhood hero, Prince Voltan. It sounds silly, 
because it is. It is glorious. A flop at the box office, Flash Jordan was dismissed by everyone but the UK, who went to see it in droves. In many ways, Flash Jordan remains a British favourite, with its gloriously camp costumes and scenery-chewing performances from everyone, even the Lizardmen. The story goes that while De Laurentiis wanted a serious sci-fi adventure film, everyone else saw it as the camp farce it deserved to be. In the end, hours and hours were wasted trying to find the jokes in the script, while Italian and English crew argued over translation errors and just tried to muddle through. The whole production was a nightmare, and I implore you to listen to Brian Blessed's audio commentary for the 25th anniversary DVD, and now the 40th anniversary edition, to find out more and to have an incredible time doing so. The film itself is a masterpiece of good intentions and camp silliness, complete with visible strings, terrible composite shots and out-of-sync audio, which I was able to appreciate in a whole new way on the big screen as it happens. But with the legendary Queen soundtrack and dumb dialogue, Flash Gordon is a film that never fails to leave me with a grin from ear to ear. Long live Flash. Go see it in the cinema while you can, or grab the DVD, and never regret your incredible decision. Must be my lucky day. Well, Rob. Yes, Adam. It crosses my mind that there might be some new listeners. Yes, there might well be. As this is technically a new podcast, although it's technically also episode 51 of the Screen Poker Podcast, it's now episode one of the Hollowdale Media Podcast. So, with that in mind, I think it would be quite a good idea for the listeners to get to know who we are. I think, yeah, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah, go on. Good, so I'm going to summon from the depths, the depths of the vortex... Oh no. Lord Weast. Oh, why have you oh, summoned me here? God, he's so loud. Oh, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> this is the third of the group. This is Josh. Joshy, Josh, Josh. Hello, Adam, 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 and Rob. Hello, Josh. My full Hello, title. So, I think uh, as is a birthday tradition, let's have a little trinky. Rob has opened up a big boy beer. It's horrible. A big boy beer, <laughs> which is also impossible to pour. <laughs> Currently pouring it above a saucepan. <laughs> you saw, <laughs> and you it's saw, still managing to mess you up. You sort of need to be brave and just go whoosh. This is a litre a litre can of facts. It's gone all over my trousers. <laughs> <laughs> it's your birthday, you should smell of beer. That's true. Stale I beer. Mean, this does have a stench to it. It's ten percent and it's a thousand it's a litre. It's, um, oh my god, this is uh, a beer we found at the Luxury Brewery Consultancy, B&M, beer and mattresses, mattresses. <laughs> this is 10% proof, we had it a couple of days ago and it almost killed us, thank you Rob, I see, yeah. little, little yeah, big glass for Josh, wait for the, um, the sediment, <laughs> yeah, the, the solid foam to go down. Mm. Mm, do you like it? It's got a weird tang. Oh my god, yes it does. Wait till he pours the what's left of the saucepan into your glass. Oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> god, no. <laughs> that didn't take much convincing. 
We don't always get drunk on these podcasts. Thank you. Only when it's a special occasion. Only when I'm here. <laughs> Only when Josh... Yeah, that's true. Josh made us drink loads of tequila on a Christmas special once. Yeah. That's <laughs> flipping disgusting. That yeah, yeah, it is. is so, <laughs> so horrible. <laughs> but it's 10%, so you don't have to drink as much. B&M, B&M. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So... Josh, yes. you've prepared a little quiz, have you? I have. I've prepared a Mr. and Mrs. quiz. Oh, Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mr. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not no. that there's anything wrong JK with that. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, God. Hogwarts, more like homophobia. <laughs> yeah. 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 Two <laughs> sips of beer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, let's start off with an easy one. Mm-hmm. Where did you both meet? Right, so we're answering for each other. Uh, yes. Obviously, this one doesn't matter. You're, you're, I think yeah, you're writing down where the, well, the other person thinks. thinks. Okay, yeah. Second question: What is the other person's worst habit? Oh, what they? Oh. Wait, hang on. What? Wait, like, yeah. Hang it's on. Be <laughs> so I'm gonna write down what Rob thinks mine is. Well, I have to write down what I... What, uh, I think write down what yours is and what you think Rob's is, and then... So do both. Do both, and then you'll compare the answers at the end. <laughs> what are your pet names for each other? <laughs> oh, we used to have... Oh, we actually had them! Um, is it Snookums and... Close. Very, <laughs> very, very close. Okay. Uh, what is the other's favourite romance film? Oh, e- easy. Oh. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What is the other's favourite meal? Okay, cool. Okay, um, who would play them in a film about their life? Uh, I, don't, I don't have a clue who, you, who play you. I'm just putting down someone who I think... Oh! Ah! Ah! Oh, no. I just can't remember his name. Hang on. Continue. Okay. Uh, what is the other person's party trick? Okay. All right. Okay. And now, um, without looking, what colour eyes does the other person have? I literally just asked them the other day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now one to uh, to ignite some old feuds. Who does most of the housework? <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> When I wonder, I wonder who does more. And as it's a Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Quiz, I have to put a silly one in. When did you first say I love you? <laughs> it has happened. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do say all the time. <laughs> uh, uh, you told me you loved me the other day, Rob. I what? Because I do love you. Oh, thank you. I love all of you very, very much. Oh, he's had three sips of beer now. Hmm. Did anybody like a top up? I'm good. I've still got. <laughs> You've got full glass. Oh my god! Look at the beer on the desk. Eat for the enamel. <laughs> okay. Okay. Should we? No, because you won't read. Okay. Okay. So the question was, where did you meet? Well, we both know this. Yeah, we both know it. Yeah, the broth. No. <laughs> Mike's class in college. I put the bungalow in college. Yeah. Same thing. So okay, yeah. there's a point each for you. Yeah. Uh, what is the other's worst habit? Adam, what have you put for Rob? Washing up. 
I put for my bad habit. I put super slurping. Oh, that is annoying. Yeah, I've, no, I've never noticed. Right, that. it's only since we've worked at home. Yeah. All right, Rob would make himself a soup and sit at his desk and yeah. go. And genuinely, this is what he'd do. Oh God! <laughs> One, two, three. One, two, three. I think we've talked about that on the it's show very, before. Very stressed. It's very stressed. And it was just too hot. To our owner. What have you, Robert? What have you got for Adam's worst habit? Cream eggs. Cream <laughs> eggs. Just how? I, okay. I don't like. I don't like how he is with them around his chest. I have to put up, put up with it, and he's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> February, February rolls around. The cream eggs are going to be back in the shop. And then he gets them. Like last year, he made up a freaking world record attempt. So he could eat <laughs> six cream eggs in his mouth at once and I had to watch it. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely cream eggs. Oh, that's a good okay. one. I put condescending, which means talking down to people. I put that first. <laughs> I put condescending first, and then I thought, that's nice. <laughs> cream eggs. Okay, so, so nil point for Yeah, I guess. Alright, what are your pet names for each other? Kitten and pups. Yep. And it used to alternate. We just just call each other pups or kitten. Okay. Yeah, we just couldn't remember who. We were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it became you were kitten. I think. I think I was kitten. And I was pups. A little something for our furry fans out there. Would you like me to be the cat? Meow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bark, bark. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right. Uh. What is the other's favourite romance film? I put Love Actually. You're correct. I put When Harry Met Sally. Correct! Right. Oh. Very good. What is the other's favourite meal? Adam, I'm pretty sure you've got this. I put Chicken and Potatoes for Rob's favourite meal. <laughs> well, Adam got that right, so I put <laughs> yeah. Chicken and Chips. <laughs> for Adam's meal, I put Pasty, Oily, Tart, <laughs> Pickle Things. I put My Mum's Chicken Thighs. What? She cooks it inside her and apples. It's Ooh, delicious. Oh, I don't know that. Mm. Well, no, yeah, he's re- the only is the Adam likes old <laughs> gone off ration food. From, like, d- just after the war when they still had to depend yeah. on the rations. Meat paste. Yeah. Mm. Look, right, we tested this on the ruddy show. You love paste, yeah, Rob. paste was very good, all right? It was very nice. Okay. Uh, who would play who in a movie about their life? So is this kind of who you want to play, I guess? Um, yeah, or just, I don't know. It's tricky, isn't it? I just put, I just looked at you and thought, I wonder who would be good, and then I just thought of a man. And that's <laughs> just what a man. Done. Just a man. It's just a man. It's Roger Moore. Wait, wait, I'll wait. take that. You're being played by Roger Moore. Well, a woman. Uh, I put Rutger Hauer for me. Only be- I did! Only yes. because I think Steve said it. Steve did say shout it. out to Steve. Shout out to us. Shout out to Steve. Steve. Woo, Steve. Steve begged to be shouted out. Yeah, so we're, we're shouting him out. <laughs> um, I was torn between Kurt Russell and Bruce Campbell. Well, those are two of the most beautiful men you've ever seen. <laughs> so who, who did you put for yourself? Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, I don't know why. I was just thinking Jake Gyllenhaal with his beady eyes. He's sexy. <laughs> he's sexy, but he's beady. Mm. Um, you calling yourself sexy, Rob? Yes. Yet again. Yes, yes again. I'm yeah. a very sexy man. 
so modest as well. <laughs> um, uh, what is their party trick? Uh, I put sound of silence. A little dance. At one point, <laughs> at every point at a night or a party, oh, yeah. Rob would put the sound of silence on and look depressed. Oh, it's still ongoing. And he would just, I would just stand there for a minute as. Or do a bit of like, a uh, little bit of poetry. Poetry the poetry. Yes. <laughs> and then we had an interpretive dance to the sound of silence. Um, I put, for me, I put Jack the Ripper. What? Um, <laughs> How is that a party trick? No, oh, in yeah, 18... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't done that in years. I know, but it used to be a party trick when I would turn into Jack the Ripper. And what would happen is everyone would go... Shut up. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And there was one time in the pub do you remember this? I and I started doing it, and everyone went, turned to me and went, "Yeah, that sounds really good. Tell me more, Adam." Went, no, no. <laughs> I'm, Jack the I'm bloody Jack the Ripper. Well, I put, I just put karaoke David Hasselhoff. That's as well. exactly what I put. Yeah. Jump for my car, David Hasselhoff. All right, nice. uh, what colour eyes do they have? I put greeny brown. I put blue. Josh. Blue? Uh, greeny brown. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who takes the longest to get ready? I just put Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think we're both very fast at getting ready generally. Um, I'd say you're both the same. Yeah, yeah but it's only it's only literally as we go out the door and Rob oh. goes, "Oh, I've lost uh, my keys yeah. and my wallet." For the fifth time this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who does most of the Me. housework? Me. <laughs> Did you put you? Yeah. You're both wrong. You're both. <laughs> what do you mean? Did you put you? Did you put you? Now, now explain your answers, please. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to. It's a bad idea. Let's, let's swiftly move on from then. But they both do the same. Yeah, okay. Sometimes I do Rob's, though. Okay. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I do all of the things. Sometimes I do... <laughs> Yeah. 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 Okay. It's a lot of black hair around the toilet at the moment. I think this is a bad bad to put in. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Where did you first say I love you? I put skate ramp. I put 17. <laughs> what? Put... As in age 17. Hang on a minute, I, there's hair in the bathtub. You didn't, you, didn't know, you didn't say anything about the hair in the freaking bathtub. Yeah, whose is that? I know it's not mine. Well, it's not mine. Probably mine. <laughs> <laughs> I do these things just to kind of... Just to sow <laughs> the seeds. So yeah. I need to mop this table down. Alright, uh, there we are. That is the end of the quiz. Do oh, wait, what was the answer to the last one? Uh, I put Robert, skate ramp at college. I put 17. As in, on. as in, okay, so yeah. Same. Uh, so, okay. So it's probably a draw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it. Well done. You both know each other just as well as each other. And now yeah. the audience knows us too. And that's who we are. And that's who Josh is. Yes. I'm sorry, guys. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to ya! Happy birthday! Thank you very much. For what? For my birthday song. Oh, was it your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Rob! Oh, thank you, Adam. Thank you very much. Have one of these boxes. Oh. 
Oh wow, it's beautifully wrapped. It's just <laughs> look at how beautifully oh, wrapped. I'm, I'm already impressed like, like how I how I went into town and wrapped all your presents and birthday birthday wrapping in June, and now you give me Amazon parcels. It's fresh from the rainforest. Oh oh, brilliant! Which one Death, do you want? Apocalypse. This one. Okay. Thank you. I don't, no, thank I you don't very know much. what it is. This thank is the you. thing. I don't know what it is. It's a surprise. Why did you? You had a little Donald Trump thing going on there. I don't know what. It, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes people just say that about me. It's a very wrong. Good wrong. Oh, black hair shampoo. Welcome to being an old, old man. Well, we're off to a bad start. <laughs> we're off to a bad start. Why do you think black hair shampoo? You got black hair. Well, brown hair. Black. I've got not brown hair. No, you're black. Reverse grey hair is the point. But I don't. I, but I'm a silver fox. Yeah, but you don't have to do it all the way the, around. The, what you can do is you can leave a little streak in your temple. But my leave a little streak. I've, I've, Rejuvenate I've been, yourself, people boy. Like, people, people like so. It started with an insult. <laughs> Start with an insult. You don't look as good as you could look. You're ancient now. Off to a bad start. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a kind. I'm kind of a bit scared to use it, to be honest. Do you think it'll work? Well, I don't know. There's only one way to find out. Uh, thoroughly moisturize your hair. Wear the gloves. Squeeze out the shampoo. Mix evenly and apply on your hair. Massage your hair slightly into the shampoo spread evenly. It's basically what, uh, instru- so what it's instructions. What I'm reading. Out. What you could do is you could just do the top of your head. Right. And then you leave the streaks on the side. Like a streak. A little. Oh, a little. Uh, like a, Captain F- Mr. Fantastic of little, the Fantastic Four. A little badger man. A little badger. I'm a little badger. Ooh, a little badger. What? What would your badger man's name be? My badger's name would be uh, Eustace Badgerman, and I would live in Seattle with Nirvana. Does it do a little sponge? Yeah, it's got all the, that's why I don't want to get it out, because it's got all the crap in it. Have you ever, he's, he's going to have gloves. Woo! Oh, goodness. It's a gift that keeps on giving. It's an insult that keeps on insulting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, none of us are as young as we used to be, Rob. None of us are you. Thanks. I mean, I, I pretty much am. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> in that your hair colour hasn't changed. Yes, exactly yeah. that. Right. Well, <laughs> thanks, mate. You're welcome. Thank you very, very much. I'm old. I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm like the crypt keeper. Okay, that's enough. Welcome to Fortnite Schmort Night. Now, usually, um, I would roll out five articles. Um, five things have happened in the last week, two weeks that um. Uh, all you film and TV buffs would be quite interested to hear. However, this is one of those weeks where nothing happens. Oh dear. But um, I'll start off with um, actually quite a big thing, which um, I will not name the names out of shame of the person who provided me with this article, but it's from the Daily Mail. Ugh. I know, it's from the Daily Mail. Um, I'm going to read it and I'm going to insult it. I'm not a Daily Mail fan, don't worry. Um, but, okay, so the headline is Hollywood's Apocalypse Now. Rich and famous are fleeing in droves as liberal politics and coronavirus turn City of Dreams into cesspit plagued by junkies and violent criminals. Oh, God. That's a pretty damn right-wing article there. Liberal politics. Right. Um, however, right. So this is basically what they're saying is going on in LA, which I, I, I have no doubt that it is. First of all, it re- uh, refers to Gold's Gym. Um, Arnie fans will know that that's the gym that um, he used in the 
the documentary Pumping Iron. Okay. You know, um, when I am, when I am the feeling of a woman, I am, I am squirt, squirt. Yeah. So I'm going to read an excerpt of the article. Okay. So this is the Daily Mail. It's not us. Gold sits. Don't say it in a racist voice. Uh, God sits oh, amid pasta bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Not you being with. Uh. Oh, let's, let's withdraw, withdraw, withdraw. Say it, <laughs> say it in an elderly uh, curtain oh, oh, twitcher okay. way. I was going for the. You were going for let's be racist as possible with the most. What being Hitler? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I said it now. I said it. <laughs> Are we leaving that in? Can we leave Hit? Can we? Hitler? Hitler was racist. I'm not saying Austrians were racist. No, but... Now I, mean, I am. <laughs> I'm not saying Germans what are it, racist. What it sounds like is you're doing a racist accent now. This, it's not racist to do a German accent. It is like that. <laughs> not if you're impersonating Hitler. Okay, yeah. Okay. Right, we're good, we're good. Gold, gold sits amid post-apocalyptic scenes which have consumed much of LA, turning the city of dreams into an urban nightmare from which people are fleeing in droves. I can't keep that up. <laughs> a makeshift tent city made up of flapping tarpaulins and cardboard boxes surrounds the gym on all sides. Junkies and the homeless, many of whom are clearly mentally ill, walk the palm-lined streets like zombies, all just three blocks from multi-million dollar homes overlooking the Pacific. Stolen bicycles are piled high on pavements littered with broken syringes. TV bulletins are filled with horror stories from across the city of women being attacked during their morning jog or residents returning home to find strangers defecating in their front gardens. Bloody hell. Liberal politics has destroyed this city, someone from the article they interviewed said. The homeless encampments are legal and there's nothing the police can do. White, affluent, middle-class folk are getting out. People don't feel safe anymore. With movie studios, and this is where we come in, still shuttered because of the coronavirus pandemic, and businesses only just starting to remove the wooden boards put up after citywide rioting following the death of George Floyd, while being arrested by three white officers in Minneapolis. Why do I keep bringing the white thing up? Um, LA is now in the grip of of white fight. So there's a lot. They, they yeah, I. That's an excerpt in the article, and they do kind of they do say bad things about Trump in it, um, about how he's kind of a lot to blame it's a weird thing to say about liberal politics because I thought LA, well, that is specifically LA isn't it yeah well they were making I thought LA was quite a liberal place anyway there's a part of the article where they're saying um, how like the, the issue is that it's legal to sleep on the streets of LA how dare they they must you know this should be, this should should be illegal be rounded up yeah well that's what I'm kind of picturing in my head I'm like well where are you going to put them it, it, the issue is is that you've got a homeless problem because they, there's nowhere for them to go there's no structure in place so they're left on the streets and if you make it illegal where are you going to put them? it's just uh, LA is a weird place anyway because a lot of people go to LA to make their dreams come true and end up with that not happening oh yeah exactly and, so I, there's always been a sort of homeless thing going on with it but to blame liberal politics and what? It's so, yeah, it's so stupid. And, and I imagine that's happening. That's happened probably more this year than ever before. I imagine maybe some uh, want-to-be actors and actresses have turned up uh, looking to find their first role, and then all the studios shut down. They can't get a ticket home, whatever. Yeah, and not only that, all the all the part-time jobs have all shut down as well. All the, the part-time bars. jobs shut down. The thing is, America's on the cusp. Apparently, I read this earlier of a major um, homeless problem. Anyway, and I think. UK might be following because it's all about um, all the all the places where people are renting have been protected 
you can't kick people out because they can't pay their rent basically because of the global pandemic because that had a deadline and that deadline's coming up yeah so there's a real panic that millions of people can end up on the streets which is terrifying mm. it's, it's very very scary and it's it is the start of it could be the start of big massive changes yeah that's the that's the benefit. Maybe there's a good yeah. There's a, there's a plus in there. They'll they'll have to come up with a solution that we haven't come up with before. Universal income. I did like the, they bring up white an awful lot in the article. They keep saying white uh, white flight. White flight. And I'm thinking, yeah. well, doesn't Beverly Hills and LA and all of that area surely that's got a lot of like you you would want it to have a lot of you'd like to think that if there if there was less of a problem maybe there'd be other ethnicities that had to move out as well so me so them pointing out again and again these poor white upper class families have to move out there's kind of pointing out another problem yeah with LA anyway. yeah I mean that is true I mean if you look at the the rich areas of LA mm. a lot of I mean it's not just Americans it's white people from everywhere Lots of actors and directors and yeah, for sure. So whole I, neighborhoods. I don't know. I, it's, it's very. It's the most Daily Mail article I've ever read in my oh, life. Oh yeah, without a doubt. It's, but yeah, but yeah, um, that's worrying, and I hope it gets better. And um, I hope anyone out there listening is uh, is is all right. Paramount Pictures are planning a remake of the classic John Hughes 1987 road trip comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, with hopes for Will Smith and Kevin Hart to helm the lead roles. I would assume that Smith will be talking, taking uh, Steve Martin's role, surely, and Hart will be taking John Candy. Surely there's better stories than Planes, Trains and Automobiles to I, remake. Well, I really liked Planes, Trains and yeah, Automobiles. Absolutely. My, my only complaint with it was is that it's a Thanksgiving movie and we don't care about Thanksgiving. No, well, I, wish yeah, it, just, I wish it was a Christmas just, film. Uh, find a replace with Christmas. Yeah, yeah. literally, I, I just pretend it's about Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... Oh, yeah, you're right. Why Why do it again? And it's another one of those old films which is perfect. And um, the other... I, Everyone's gone off Will Smith. Like, um, there was a... He's joined TikTok, right? And it's kind of a... I don't yeah, know. I saw some of some of that somehow. He's joined TikTok. And uh, obviously the whole Jada thing that's, that's recently happened with the... Yes. The uh, whatever their agreement that yep. came out. The, I was going through the comments and people was just, well, most of the people were saying on it, I just can't look at you in the same way anymore and I kind of I feel really sorry for him like so for whatever reason he's ta- their relationship has taken this odd odd A-list journey that like, most conventional people not that there's anything wrong with that wouldn't do and um, as a result of that people are now seeing him as this wet blanket and they don't well, see it's, him as it's the it's the internet anti-cuck brigade isn't it it is it is almost, the, almost in the the correct meaning of the word. Oh sense. yeah, it's a to yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Um, Rather than just to mean. But a lot of it was girl. I would, when I think of people who go on about cucks and stuff or used to, they're usually boys. And there's a lot of girls on there, and I just can't look at you in the same way anymore. Hmm. I, 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 I guess there's this picture of Will Smith of this perfect manly kind of hero, voice of the people. When he, especially when he was in Fresh Prince. I mean, a lot of these people are probably weird. Christian Americans as well. Yeah, that's true. Who would find offence to it not being a happy mm. marriage? Yeah, um, you know he's been a he's gone from being pretty much a child star to now, and it's probably been a pretty screwed up journey. So I hope it's all right. I hope this film is good. Um, I don't think it will be, but maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. It w- I'm, I'm sure it will be. But the point it still remains: 
Why? It's a, yeah, well, Surely there's better stories. It's a bloody comedy remake. It's not going to be good. What's the film when a rich guy gets... Is it Eddie Murphy gets? Trading Places. What, when uh, he swaps with Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. Trading Places, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be a better film. Yes, to remake 100%. In these current In modern times. days, you could have some right-wing Republican... Um, swap him like billionaire in Wall Street swap him with some tramp ooh yeah Space Jam 2 Adam okay the the crazy marketing fellows behind the upcoming sequel to Space Jam have released the first official look at the film's lead human character LeBron James the 12 second footage shows James walking into frame flexing his shoulder muscles well, sporting a new jersey belonging to the Tune, the Tune Squad, Ooh. Um, and it ends with the title of the movie Space Jam Two. Um, now, this I, I, this might divide people. I don't know, but um, I went back to Space Jam because it came out on the UK Netflix um, a couple of months ago, and I gave it another watch. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Someone it, else has told me that recently as well. It's, I mean, a, there's a certain nostalgic gleam that you kind of put attribute to the like films you watched as a kid and adored in my head I had Space Jam as this wonderful like perfect funny cartoon film it's so bad it's so bad and you see you know people have conversations about people try and be all nostalgic don't they go oh Space yeah. Jam do you remember Space Jam it's so funny and good it's so so terrible I watched it a lot later I missed it when I was a kid mm. I watched it a lot later and I never really got it the- but I sort of always always assumed when you're six years old, it'd be better. Yeah, oh, dude. I, I mean, I haven't watched it since then. It's terrible. Like, uh, Bill Murray was the best thing about it, obviously. Well, it was yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was It was not a good movie. I mean, it's no Who Framed Roger Rabbit, is it? No, well, nothing's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's like a bloody... It's a bloody masterpiece. It is indeed. Anyway, so concludes Fortnite's from Fortnite. Oh, Robert. Adam. I've got another present for you. Now, I'm looking forward to this because this is uh, going to be equally insulting and horrible for you. Oh, why have you gone this route? <laughs> I got you I got you things that compliment you. I got you things that, oh, look, you like uh, Halloween. I'll get you a book on Halloween. Yeah. You like Evil Dead. What are you, what are you going with? Well, there might be... I mean, this is the second horrible one. Okay. After that, it might be different. Oh, I, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up. <laughs> so, this... Is something you, uh, I mean, publicly admitted you admired and, and enjoyed. Are we talking about furries? We are talking about furries. Hang on a minute. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! What is oh, it? It's a furry foxtail. <laughs> it feels a bit sexual. It feels a bit squeezy. Oh, no. Can I put it on? Yeah, I suppose. Oh, no, no. Oh. (laughs) If I have this in my room, like under my bed, and then (laughs) someone comes around and sees, what's that? So basically, Rob the other day just said out of nowhere, I really like furries. Oh, it's like a, always like a. It's like a strap-on belt. Oh. So we, uh, so later that, that day, we recorded the Patreon exclusive night shift, where I showed him some images of what furries are, and he changed his mind very quickly. 
So Rob's got it on now. He's tied up. I'll leave it on. I'll leave it on. I'm feeling a bit. I'm, do you know what? I'm feeling a bit foxy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a slight little bit like a naughty little red fox, a naughty little, a nasty little cheeky red fox, uh, uh, skipping through the brush, mm, oh, going into the, uh, putting my little fox bottom up in the air and saying, "Coochie, coochie, squeak, squeak." I feel a bit sick. Sorry. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> It's not quite. It went down much better than I expected. Well, it's going to come in handy <laughs> for what? Sweeping sexual intercourse. No, um, I I feel like a fox, a furry foxtail, um, is now the start of my journey to becoming a full furry. Okay. Oh my god! I don't like that they've given him a red rocket. Oh, don't start scrolling. Adam, so Adam on the Adam on the um night shift. He bought a load of BDSM. That's you. Let's yeah, your name no, but it. I'm not going to get buggered. I'm not the one. I'm not the. I'm not a sub. I'm not the sub. Okay. I'm not a submissive fox. I'm a dominant fox. Okay. My character. You're Mr. What should fox. I be called, Mr. Fox? <laughs> Hello, I'm another Mr. Fox. Hello, I'm Mr. Fox. Oh God. Do you want to see my red penis? No. No. No, thanks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, thank you for my furry gift. You're welcome. Nick's Game Reviews, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Every now and then a game is released that gives you that instant excitement. You know you're playing something special, something that is going to be huge. I had that feeling with World of Warcraft, with Wii Sports, with Fortnite, with Goat Simulator. Now comes the turn of Fall Guys. Developed by Mediatonic and published by Devolver Digital, this game is basically Takeshi's Castle the video game. It puts 60 people against each other in different arenas which require different tasks to be carried out. Run as fast as you can, jumping through doors until you get to the finish line, only some of the doors aren't real doors. Or you might have to collect eggs from the centre of the arena and carry them to your team's base, only to then have to hold on to those eggs for 5 minutes, stopping the other teams from stealing your eggs. Or you have to remain standing on a platform as a rotating bar passes by you, getting ever quicker and the only way to avoid it is to jump over it, while at the same time the platforms below you are falling away. My favourite mode has to be the seesaw mode. This is one that I hated the first couple of times I played it. It's so frustrating because you are at times completely at the peril of the 50 odd people all trying to clamber onto one side of the same seesaw, inevitably causing each other to crash down into the nothing below. Fall Guys magic formula is that it is easy to play. There is no mastery of this game. It is just sheer unending madness and absolutely anyone can play it. Your brother, your sister, your nan, your mum, your dad, your weird uncle Steve, and the pick up and play is spectacular. From starting the game to joining a match takes roughly two minutes tops. If you are eliminated, you can either quit out and join another game, or you can watch the other players try to reach that golden crown. This is the Wii Sports of this generation. Add that magic formula to the super cute Fall Guys themselves, and all of a sudden, you can imagine the dollar signs flashing in Devolver's eyeballs. Every brand from KFC to Walmart are all climbing over each other to get their own branded Fall Guy in the game. 
Then you have the ability for Media Tonic to repeatedly add in new game modes to keep the game forever feeling fresh. The game has been out just over a week and it's already had one big update. And lastly, you do have that eSports ability of it. This does have the potential to be League of Legends kind of huge. If you haven't had the chance to pick this game up, or perhaps you've been living under a rock and haven't even heard of it, I implore you to go play it. Fall Guys is here to stay, and it's already giving games like Fortnite a run for their money in gamers' playtime. Adam, I want another present. You want another present? Yeah, I do. I do. You spoiled little boy. I know, I'm a very naughty little fox, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Give my naughty, oh, me a naughty God. little, naughty what little, a cheeky little naughty fox present. Now, Robert, yes. as a cheeky little fox, yes. you enjoy the cooking. I do enjoy cooking. I was a chef once. So, yeah, what did you get me? I got you, and you also enjoy fantasy lands with little fairies and pixies. Yeah, True? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do like them. Which is why I got you... Lord of Cooking. Oh my goodness. Lord of Cooking Recipes for Dwarves, Elves, Hobbits and Men by Susan Gray. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so uh, newcomers, I love Lord of the Rings. It's my favourite movie slash book franchise of all time. Um, I'm a massive fan. Um, so going through the contents now, I can see things like the black soup of the Ringwraiths. I didn't know a Ringwraith was partial no. to, a, to a nice soup. I guess they have to eat. Um, Do they? They're rich. No, yeah, that's true. Maybe they don't. Sam's crunchy leaf green salad. Um, he is a gardener, so I, I do. Yeah, he would be quite partial to a to a salad. Um, the misty cloudy mint cocktail. Mm. Oh, okay, very nice. Um, the mighty Aragon meat. Aragon would like a meatloaf. I'm sure uh, Gimli would be quite partial to a meatloaf as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I sort of expected more like stuff from the yeah, like lemnus breads. Oh, lemnus um, breads, there. Uh, just a standard Hobbit fry up. Lemnus bread. Okay, cool. Page twelve. Let's have a look. Um, so true to the characteristics of elves or Quendi, the first eldest children of Iluvatar, who were thought to be the fairest and wisest of all of the races of Bloody Arda, blah, the lemnus is a special bread which blah, is blah, blah. steep. Let's have a look okay. at the thing. Two cups of flour, one cup of butter, half a cup of brown sugar, or a quarter cup of fresh honey. I think I go to honey woo? Screw it. Yeah, it, is, it's, it looks tasty, and they've wrapped it in a very uh, elvish looking... They've put, got a green leaf and, um, and what looks like the rope that was gifted to Sam by um, Galadriel. Yeah, Misty Cloudy Mint Cocktail. What's this one? It is all the way... <laughs> it is always nice to have friends over for a cocktail. The party ambience will rise a few notches when you serve them this minstry-looking cocktail which has a generous flavour of mint. It's simple to make but has a great punch. It's very refreshing and has that misty look of the Shire. Is the Shire misty? Um, well, I don't think of it as misty. Uh, there is a misty bit where they're walking through it in the movies, aren't mm. they? But it's normally, they get out of the territory, don't they? That's nearer to the Prancing Pony and, and beyond. Oh, that looks pretty good, doesn't it? Weathertop was misty. Oh, the, the the what was it? The the, the black soup of the ring race. I mean, that looks really good. That looks really good. Yes. Oh, that looks delicious. I'm seeing tomatoes, bits of meat. It's, it looks like a dark stew. It's definitely more of a stew than a soup. Um, got onion, garlic, black beans, jalapenos. So it's actually quite a Mediterranean. Well, um, yeah. I mean, 
Gondor's Mediterranean, isn't it? So it makes sense that more, it's, more under, it's interesting, but the ring race in by uh, this author's eyes. Are like, it's like a bit of pizza. <laughs> they're a bit. Um, oh, here we go. Look, there's there are stuff. There is stuff on the films as well. Frodo and Peregrine's beloved sage and butter glazed roast chicken. Oh, very nice, very nice. Okay, Nazgul's fish fingers. <laughs> As a Nazgul, I am very partial to a sharp fish finger. I will break it. I mean, a lot of it is essentially just rustic rural English food. I mean, honey cakes, Hobbit honey cakes. Um, yes, please. I'll tell you who can do one. Tom Bombadil. Uh, what's um, he got? He's got frizzy flowing breads, uh, cotton candy. Uh, hey, Tom Bombadil, there's a reason you were cut out of the films. You're a douche. <laughs> oh, Saruman soft white cake with a velvety texture. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Well, that's very nice and pleasant for a man who betrayed the realm of men. Also, what's quite nice uh, and pleasant, considering it's a bloody great spider, the giant shelob ham and cheese sandwich. Oh, I'm shelob, I do like a nice ham and cheese sandwich to eat with my nasty little oxes. <laughs> the everlasting long tree beards baguette. Yeah, oh, well, that was fantastic. <laughs> it's just... I, it, it, I expected more, I'll be honest. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to trying some of them. Um, thank you very much for My Lord of Cooking by Susan Gray. Yes, you're welcome. A meal is never late. It arrives precisely when it means to. Ha. <sighs> Live long and prosper. Shut up. Get that, get that hand out of my face. Oh, mademoiselle... Would you like to have a film discussion? Oh yes, Monsieur. I would love to have an in-depth film discussion with you. Like that do on screen, bucket. Once upon a time, a man drew a little mouse. And his animated vision enchanted children of all ages. This summer, that man will be spinning in his grave. Oh, why, God, why? Paramount Pictures and Warner Brothers present... <laughs> South Park. This is going to be the best movie ever. Yay! Invading. Eric, did you just say the F word? Did he say the S word? Young man, did you just say the Q word? <laughs> we have to get you children off of foul language. Your theater. The machinery of the V-chip emits a small shock of electricity whenever an obscenity is uttered. <gasps> I'm late, Cartman. I had to ride my back here. My behind is killing me. You're behind? I have to stay behind because I get shocked if I say... <laughs> Kyle Broslovsky. This is sweet. Stan Marsh. Where did they come up with this stuff? Eric Cartman. <laughs> that movie has warped my fragile little mind. Kenny McCormick. <laughs> Chef. Have you ever heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? I don't listen to hip-hop. Satan. Sex the only thing that matters to you. Yeah! I love you. And Big Gay Al. You big filly. <laughs> On June 30th. Throw the switch, Mr. Garrison. Hey, I'm supposed to be anonymous. It's not just another day in the park. Son, we accidentally replaced your heart with a baked potato. You have about three seconds to live. South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Tell them we'll have punch and pie. We're not going to have punch and pie. My bill will come if they think we have punch and pie. Ooh. We've got to see this movie, dude. So, um, my film pick, my birthday. My birthday, my film pick. Um, <laughs> was going to be The Naked Gun. We watched The Naked Gun in preparation. We realised we can't be bothered to throw 
jokes that you, you've already heard for t- 10 or so minutes. So, nice beaver. Not, yeah, oh, thanks. I just had it stuffed. Nice that's, foxtail. That's the, no, thanks. I just had it fl- fitted. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, I've instead gone with um, a child, a movie that's definitely shaped my life, thinking of uh, how much it influenced me when I was younger. It's South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut. Mm-hmm. So... South Park hit our screens in 1997. Um, I was year five when it came on. And even at the tender age of eight, I'm sure most of the people in my class managed to watch it. And it was a hit. It taught us how to swear. It taught us a bit about adult jokes. Well, South Park, we were the perfect age for South Park. Mm. I think I've talked about it before. Um, Because we were the same age, eight, nine. Yeah. And I distinctly remember, and I definitely have talked about this, going on a holiday to Scotland... Like a almost like a caravan campsite thing, and there's a TV room, a games room, and a TV room. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's one Friday night, 11 o'clock or something, South Park was on. And I snuck out to go and watch South Park, thinking I'd be on my own. Maybe there's one or two of us doing the same thing. Um, but when we got there, the room was full. It's mad. I'm talking 30, probably more kids aged. I don't know, 6 to 15. That's amazing. Sat in one room watching South Park. So this is it's, it's literally like at the same time people were getting up to watch CITV and Ant and Deck and getting Pokemon out and stuff in the morning. Yeah, yeah. In the evening, they had it in their heads, this is when South Park is on. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And to think back on that is like, it was a uniting experience. I don't think I said a word to any of these people before or, or after. But in that room... Everyone was laughing and having fun, enjoying it. I mean, if I remember on the playground, people were trying to do their best Cartman impressions, and oh, best yeah. Kenny impressions, their best... a massive Kenny uh, keyring. I had the massive Kenny keyring. Same thing. I had the massive Couldn't ke- fit it in your pocket. No, it was so big. I had a pencil case from W. H. Smith, which had the four of them lined nice. up. Um, I think I might have had the same one. And it, and it's funny you say that we are the perfect age of South Park because the humor kind of matures as it goes. Oh like, yeah. Trey and Matt often say they hate the first few seasons. Mm. And they love what they've done since. And it's kind of, you watch it and the this humour gets more intelligent. South Park the movie is kind of aside from that transition because it's a musical. Uh, do you know, I don't think so. I think the movie came in slap bang when it changed. Do you think? Yeah, because it was very immature. It was all, it was all fart jokes and but, just childish humour. And then the movie happened and that moment... It shifted. It shifted gear. Well, I suppose, yeah, you're right in a sense because it, it was self-aware as well. It was yeah, com- exactly. It was commenting on everything that people were saying about um, censorship and what they, the, you know, lines that they were crossing at the time. So it was intelligent in the sense that it was re- them reflecting on themselves and saying, well, no, we can do it and be smart as well. I think there's also, so, like, they probably, because South Park, famously, the episodes are done in a week. Mm. They're so topical. Like, there was one series that was so on the ball, I was getting my news from South Park. Yeah, 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 I remember it's that. so instant, because what they do is they write it, they spend a couple of days writing it, and in a day or two, be animated, and then it'll go out. There's a... And I wonder if the film might have showed, taught them that fast technique, so it probably changed their style. Yeah, no, that's true. Because there was one season where they got the big budget, and they got a bigger crew, and then they could... Um, Whoosh them out faster. I mean, there's there's even a documentary on YouTube. I think like, it's called something like oh, make a, make yeah. an episode in three days. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. This whole yeah. process and it starts with the writers' room and them looking quite stressed and stuff. And how are we going to write this? And well, so here's I mean, here's an interesting thing. Series two, which was the year before the film came out, the last episode was prehistoric Iceman. 
Right. Do you remember that one? Uh, no. No, me neither. But Series 3, I remember all of these. Tweak versus Trade, that's a classic one. The Succubus, that's a classic one. Rainforest, Main Forest. Chim Pokemon. Starving Marvin in Space is one of my favourite episodes of all time. Yeah, that's amazing. So there is a there is a change. There is a definite it's, transition there. It's like they took two seasons to get from, uh, I don't know, just bust, like working their ass off to handcraft a pilot to making a film that grossed $80 million at the US box office. And didn't it win... Um, it what got awards it, it got nominated for an Oscar. It got nominated for Blame Canada. Didn't that's win. It. Yeah, and that's and that's the same awards where they turned up in dresses high on acid. And <laughs> very famous story. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Is that why you're in the dress? It's just such a magical evening, and everyone. It's just everyone looks so spectacular. You know, we just wanted to be a part of it's it. It's a all. night of magic. What? Come on. But, so uh, the movie, as you say, is a musical. Yeah. Um, Oh, it came in from I think I think it's Trey Parker's roots rather than Matt Stone. Mm. They, he he wanted to be an actor. He wanted to do all this stuff. And musicals was massive. The first thing they ever did together was uh, Cannibal the Musical. Yes, which was uh, a was was a Troma movie, which got bought by Troma. Yeah, yeah. Famously, Lloyd Kaufman from Troma uh, offered them a price, and they were really disappointed. And he said, "Well, do you want lots of money, or do you want people to see it?" Yeah. <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, an indictment of the film industry, especially independent film. But, uh, and you can tell, see a lot of that in this. Um, there's Les Miserables in here. There's references to all sorts of uh, Broadway shows and animated musicals as well. Yeah. Um, and the who, who did they bring on to help write the songs? It was uh, Mark Shaman, who is a Broadway guy. He famously worked on Hairspray. Yeah, so he's a proper Broadway guy, and you can tell. I mean, in the in the film itself, we've got uh, references to Beauty and the Beast, uh, The Little Mermaid, Oklahoma. There's some of the in the little mountain town. From a certain sense, you wouldn't ever expect, like, if you were to be a little prejudiced about South Park fans, you wouldn't expect them to simultaneously be fans of musicals. However, that is irrelevant. And as a fact, as a result of that, it's brilliant because um, we get all these wonderful songs. They have, without worrying about who their who mm. their fans are, they're making this wonderful musical with like absolutely brilliant songs. Oh yeah, without doubt. Like now, now Robert, my family was brought up with musicals, and I really enjoy Les Misérables. Yes, I know. And I know. so does my brother. Mm. And I'm pretty certain. I'm, now I say it, it might not be right, but I'm pretty sure he told me when he saw the La Resistance song on screen when he saw South Park at the cinema, he almost wet himself laughing. Really? If it wasn't my brother, it was someone else of the same age. But it was uh, like, what? That, so for me, it's like however old I was and uh, hearing La Resistance, I, I didn't find it funny, except for the little jokes in there. I thought it was incredibly moving. Well, yeah. It's incredibly moving and it gets you stirred up because they're going into this final battle to save the day and stop evil taking over the world. There's little kids against the forces of evil and you're like, oh, they don't stand a chance in hell, <laughs> but God damn it, they're going to try. And it's the bloody South Park. Oh, but that's exactly the feeling you get from one more day from Les Miserables. Oh, okay. Shall we just make it about Les Miserables? Let's do Les Miserables. Mm. But not the film because that was rubbish. If I ever get the word disappointment, by the way, as a mm. random pick, yeah. you're watching that film. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so should we run through the plot very quickly? Yes. All right. So um, it opens up with a song, um, Quiet Mountain Town. Uh, we have a lovely little zoom in. Um, 
beautiful little wilderness with a town coming towards us. And just as we're getting nice and comfortable, a deer runs across the screen and leaves a little poo. And, um, oh, yeah, it's South Park, I forgot. And um, <laughs> Stan wakes up, gets out of bed, and it's kind of him collecting the friends as they go along. So you see little looks into their personality. Cartman's yelling at his mum. Uh, Carl's been forced to bring his little brother who annoys him, Ike, with him. So we've got the, we've got the, the full tropes of, of child friends. Yeah. So just to run through very quickly for those who don't know South Park, we've got Stan, who's the lovelorn normal kid, I guess. Yeah. Kyle, his Jewish friend, who's very similar, quite moral. Yeah. He's almost the Lisa Simpson of the of the gang. Yeah. Um, you've got Carmen, who's the fat, spoiled brat. Yeah. Uh, selfish as well. And then you've got Kenny, who's just the poor one really poor one they're not they're not the most deep of character portrayals but yeah there's your there's your four your foursome yeah and they're on their way to see arses of fire um they go up to the the booth can i have five tickets to tears and fill up asses of fire please now bloody brilliant <laughs> and uh, so they have to find a way to sneak in so arse of fire is a a raunchy comedy from their Canadian, their favourite Canadian comedy duo, who which I thought were supposed to be cartoons in the world of South Park. No, I, I, yeah, I, I think maybe I did as well because I did the whole flappy beady head thing. Yeah. It took a while. I think maybe Ike or something was the person who made me realise. Oh, that's just what yeah, Canadians oh, that's are like. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, that, so they they trick a tramp, like they give him vodka or something, and then he uh, he he sneaks him in and. Then they come out, they tell the class, who are so enthralled to hear about this movie where they're swearing and there's toilet humour. So then the whole class watches it and the kids are dirtied. They have this whole uh, ensemble of um, naughty words that they can use. Their swearing language is just shut up. They're using, obviously we can't say them here, but they're using quite interesting expletives um, and resisting the class. Cartman gets the worst of it. He does. Um, he and uh, he insults uh, Mr. Garrison. No, Mr. Mackey, isn't it? No, it's Mr. Garrison. Yeah, and he gets sent away, doesn't he? Yeah, and then well, it all ends. Uh, he gets sent away when uh, Cartman's mum pops up, catches and- him swearing about her. About her, and because then- yeah, Carl's mum is leading the parents' resistance to this film. Yeah, she gets unites all the parents together to get it banned. Ban this sick filth. We must stop dirty language from getting to our children's ears. We must go fight the source. But what is the source? Oh, that's easy. What really changes it is when Cartman bets money, because it's featured in the film, bets money that Kenny can't light his own fart. And it kills him. Instantly incinerates him, yes. Okay, Kenny, I'll bet you $100 you can't light a fart on fire. (laughs) Although he doesn't instantly die. Because he no. goes to the hospital where George Clooney puts a baked potato in his chest. Yes, um, and then he explodes. Um, <laughs> there's a funny little Easter egg in there. Um, on the board at the back, um, there's a list of different doctors. Oh, yeah. And at the bottom, there's Dr. No. And his job is kill Bond. <laughs> there's lots of their little film... Little, 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 little fandoms. <laughs> anyway, so Kenny goes straight to hell... Um, where he's introduced to Satan and his lover, Saddam Hussein, who was killed in a stampede of wild boars. Yep. Before he really died as well. Before he really died. Um, and yeah, so uh, he is uh, kind of exposed to their um, plan to come up to the real world. Yes. There's a there's a prophecy that when 
Canadian blood soaks American soil or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. What started as a spat between the United States and Canada is quickly turning into World War Three. World War Three. Terence and Philip are going to be put to death for crimes against humanity. The type of execution has... It has come to be. The four horsemen are drawing nigh. The time of prophecy is upon us. I love when you get all biblical, Satan. You know exactly how to turn my crank. No, I'm being serious. It is the seventh sign. What? Behold, the first signs of my reign have all come true. The fall of an empire, the coming of a comet. And now, when the blood of these Canadians touches American soil, it will be our time to rise. Meanwhile, Cartman, in a way to stop Cartman swearing so much, they installed a V-chip. Yep. Which is a chip in the brain that causes uh, instant electric shocks if you swear. Just this, all this stuff just coming together. It's, it's beautiful. And what eventually happens is that there's a execution called for for Terence and Philip, which almost starts a war. Which is something referenced in Team America later on, further down the line. A war between Canada and America where they're just targeting celebrities. It's, um, yeah, it's a very solid plot. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very, very solid plot. And, um, it, and each character has their own arc. Um, like you're rooting for Kenny to try and like appeal to Satan's better nature, who definitely has a good side and does so, so throughout all of South Park. Yeah, yeah. Stan's trying to get his brother back. Carl, uh, what's uh, sorry, Carl? Uh, Stan's in love with Wendy. Yep. He's got. He's and to impress Wendy, he joins a resistance. Yeah. To fight back against the mums and and save Terence and Philip, which is where the Les Miserables comes from. It comes in. Oh, there's so much. And um, yeah, and then there's, there's you know Cartman's constantly at war with his V chip, and that comes to the most amazing conclusion when it ends up giving him thunder powers. <laughs> and um. There's so there's so many bloody amazing moments in the film that are not just funny. They're really like enthralling and nostril flaring. And yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, come on, the music is a big part of that. There's there's the songs. So we mentioned Low Resistance, but there's also up way up there, up there. Yeah, Satan's song, which is a masterpiece, which is a really genuinely good song. It's so bloody, it's so bloody good. <laughs> and that's one I appreciate more as I've got older. I think. Yeah, because you kind of see Satan's this kind of poor, forgotten character who spends his life in hell, but he just wants to be up there. Yeah, just... and he's and in his fantasy, there's little gay sailors on his boat. He wants to be up there where the flowers are bloom and the babies are born. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've got uh, Saddam Hussein's just trying to stay in. And he's got dirty little sex toys and stuff. They, you know, they, they, they yeah, come on, Salem. Yeah, um, there was a rumor going around that people were boycotting the movie in Iraq, but um, the truth of it was that America, that um, they never released it in Iraq because they thought we can't. Right, we'll, we're not even going to bother releasing this. Like you said, this was when Saddam Hussein uh, was still alive, but they would, they would, didn't even go anywhere near it. Um, but yeah. It's a su- super film. Well, that, I have to mention one thing, one song. There's At the end, there's a reprise of Quiet Mountain Town. Mm. And there's a bit. And if you watch this on YouTube or go back and look at it, people are raving. But people who know music rave about it. There's this little this little tonal shift, key shift. And it, it's actually... Uh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I can't even possibly do an impression. It's really like... That alone shows that there was someone behind the scenes making this brilliant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I would... would, Someone has done it. There's a school in America that's done it. It is on YouTube. But I would love to see South Park the movie as a stage play. Yeah, it'd be so good. 
And yeah. so people have done it. People have done it as a, I don't know what the word is, but when they just sing rather than act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it does work. Oh, it is so quite good. funny. There's um, What Would Brian Boitano Do? Um, and there's a, at the end of that, um, they're singing all three of them, and then we'll save Terrence and Philip too. And when all three of them hop up in the air, I remember getting a little bit, oh, they're <laughs> the best of friends going on an adventure to save the day. Yeah, yeah. It's so bloody good. It's so bloody good. Yeah. It's really hard to talk about without being able to play the songs. Yeah, it, it really that is. is such a key part of it. Mm. Um, people often say, oh, you know what? Um, I count Imagination Land as a film, and I think that's better. Um, Imagination mm. Land is incredible, and it's very, very funny, and it has Kurt Russell being raped in it. <laughs> However... It's not as good as the film. It's nothing... Um, I think it's definitely the best thing they've ever done, and that's not to say they haven't done incredible things since, because they've done loads of amazing things since including Team America and so forth, and obviously the Book of Mormon. Um, but what? Bigger, Longer Than Uncar is definitely my favourite South Park if thing. If people say I'd Imagination say. Land is, do the people also say the one where... The Cthulhu uh, one? Oh, oh, God, the Cthulhu one. Brilliant. Yeah, that's but very good. But I was thinking the the war in heaven. Oh, yeah. Well, who is it they get butters in, don't they? To, they get butters in, control, and he, he to... has a PSP, and he's controlling yeah. the war with a PSP. Um, that... That That's is also great. Fantastic. There, there's a trilogy where Cartman travels forward in time to get his hands on a oh, Nintendo Wii. The Buck Rogers episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's bloody brilliant. But for me personally, mm-hmm. Bigger, Longer, and Uncut is my favourite thing in, in terms of South Park. Yep, absolutely agree. Mm. But um, is it going in the Hall of Fame? I would say categorically yes. Right. So we talked <laughs> about the Hall of Fame before. I think now with the Hollowdale Media podcast, we should make that a bigger thing. Yeah. So we need to think about that. We need to make some sort of actual vault, yes, of good and an actual bin of bad. Yeah, I agree, and um, I think we we need to now start writing it down officially, like you say. Yeah. So um, at one point we might go through all of Screen Bucket and add those ones. We will. Um, On a very very boring, quiet, rainy boring, week. quiet, rainy week, <laughs> where maybe in the apocalypse, if everyone starts eating each other, we'll do it then. Oh, that'll be next week. Yeah. Adam's Film Reviews, Spree 2020. For all of you out there who don't know me, get ready. Because you're about to know me. Hey, I don't see any cops around. Should I blow this next one? Fucking hey! I'm Kurt. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. What's up, guys? We're going to inject this right on the label. Does this water have, like, a taste to it? Airtight. Well, watertight. <laughs> If you're not documenting yourself, you just don't exist. (laughs) The mouthfeel on this? Otherworldly. What we're doing here is important. We're creating a brand. Written and directed by Eugene Kotlerenko and starring Stranger Things' Joe Keery as Kurt Kunkel, Spree follows the action of a rideshare driver desperate for online fame. Shot entirely on GoPros and iPhones, Spree is shot entirely in-universe, playing out the recordings of the characters' streams, live videos and recordings. And, most importantly of all, it does it without feeling like it's trying too hard. Firmly set in 2019, Spree introduces us to a world not too dissimilar to our own, where, in real life, people would watch streams on Twitch, in Spree, people are watching Livefly, and ordering Spree lifts as opposed to Uber. In this world, there's Kurt, 
Kurt has been making online content for years and has never broken double-figure viewers. Ever. In an opening montage, we follow his path through naive enthusiasm all the way to the dark depths of depression as he watches other people around him get the fame he's so desperate to have. And then it dawns on him. Framing it as a tutorial, Kurt develops a plan to make himself go viral. It starts with a spree. Setting up multiple cameras in his car, Kurt explains to his stream and us, the audience, that he has multiple camera angles that can be controlled by the people watching. He's giddy with the thought of being liked, and sure enough, he soon sets out. Planting water bottles in the back of his car, Kurt encourages a range of weird, wild and egotistical LA types to try the water on the way to their destination. When they inevitably find it poisoned, they choke, scream and die. And still no one watches. Kurt tries harder, going wilder, his audience never tipping into double figures. Kurt's desperation reaches breaking point as he crosses paths with others, some much more successful, as he begs and pleads for people to share his live stream. But still, no one's watching. Kurt eventually goes viral, but the path he takes to get there isn't a clean one. Now, Spree is an insanely ambitious idea, and you know what? It does it really well. The world inside Spree is airtight, and it doesn't take much knowledge of internet culture to know exactly where Kurt is coming from, what he's trying to achieve, and absolutely understand why he fails at every turn. Kurt is a loser, he's awkward, he's cringy, and he's definitely not genuine. Kurt is someone who will do and say anything to grow his audience and is even accused of sounding like a bot more than once by others around him. Joe Keery absolutely nails this in his performance and with the Gonzo-style cinematography, it's easy to forget that this is all just an act. It sounds exactly like someone you'd find online. Sadly, the story isn't much to write home about. Indeed, the pacing around two-thirds in just completely drops away, building to a fairly lame and predictable conclusion, despite the initial black humour and shock early in the film. But while similar concepts like, say, 2014's Unfriended felt tacky and forced, Free feels like a genuine event and goes a long way to showing us the lengths that people will go to to be invested in the popularity contest that is the modern internet. The sad thing is, this stuff happens and feels likely to happen again. The disturbingly realistic comments by the viewers in the film, apparently written mostly by the director, sells this idea so well. No one believes what they see, even as the most horrible thing happens, it's all just a joke. A joke a hundred miles away, complete with polls, murder requests, tips and catchphrases. And we wonder why bad things happen. Spree is a decent watch, but one I expect to build a cult following in years to come even if it's just to look back at the way things used to be. Where are you going? I'm taking you home. This is not the way to my house, Kurt. Oh, no, not your home. My home. Now, Rob. Uh, Adam. I've got a very special present for you. Really good. Can I take my fox tail off? No. Nope. All right, because it's really hurting my butt. I'm just putting it up. Okay. Okay. So this is one, this is the reason why it's all been a bit flaky and because I was focusing on this one. Okay, okay. And it's, not here yet. Right. Because yeah, it was two stages and the first stage took a bit too long and the second stage will take a bit longer as well. But I, hmm, what's the best way to introduce this? Hmm, what, hmm, 
Hmm, hmm, Robert, hmm. Who is the best character you've portrayed in a Hollowdale Media production? Uh, if you say the wrong thing, <laughs> you're not getting your present. Uh, bloody Ian McKellen. No. Um, Actual physical acting. On camera. Uh, oh, in a... Oh, um, oh, oh, Bruce Campbell. Okay, who else? Original character. Um, oh, an original. All oh, right, I see what you mean. Um, Sasquatch. No, um, Lavinia. Um, <laughs> Lavinia's a fortune teller, by the way, everyone. Um, uh, what we in a Hollow Del Media production? Yes, in a, a fictional a character that I wrote for a ca- you. A character you wrote for me. Um, was the uh. Is it Ken Bison? Yes! Ken Bison. Oh my God. Thank you very much, Escape from New York. Just <laughs> standing there. Gee, I was like, who the hell is he talking about? This? There he is! Ken Bison was uh, a character from a 48 hour film. Uh, it was supposed to be a reference to Co Russell's Snape Pliskin. Um, that was the parody, that was the idea. It's a character that will be resurrected soon. I've got many things. We wrote a uh, web series for it that turned into a comic strip. Then the then the artist buggered off. So it's it's floating about. It's floating about. Okay. But what I got for you, sir, mm-hmm. I got an artist friend of mine yeah. wanted their first commission. What? So what? I got commissioned a ready framed picture. Of Kent Bison. Oh my god, it's me as Kent Bison. <laughs> oh my god. Look how... <laughs> Do I have to be that muscly? Yes. That's amazing. So it's your face. Yeah. It's taken from a pouty picture you did recently. Okay. Uh, the costume is kind of a combination of the photos we had from the original <laughs> film we did and also just stuff on the internet that looks very cool Kent Bison skull oh belt. my god that's amazing and a harpoon he's uh, got there he's got a harpoon walking he... down a futuristic neon lit I, cyberpunk I look city. totally bloody badass yeah uh, this this needs to go in the pictures for the for on the Instagram oh People yeah yeah absolutely this is amazing thank you so much am I expected to be this lean and worked out yes we're going to need a lot of socks for that bulge. <laughs> We're going to need a big old big old amount of socks so for that I, bulge. Because there's lots of earth tones. Yeah. And I picture Ken in black. Mm. I reckon this would be like the first look before yeah. things go down. I mean, he's he's ruggedly good. He's got an eagle eye. He's um, very a per- well, peregrine falcon-esque eye. He recently eye. picked up a bit of a love for anime. And I think this captures your anime... Well, I, uh, just, got, just Avatar. He's got a little anime um, eye. Look. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Look how sexy I am. <laughs> Look how sexy, sexy man. I realize how detailed it was when I zoom in. Oh, God. He's making me feel a little bit... Um, <laughs> it's you. A little bit aroused. It's you, you weirdo. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, going to be framed, and that's on its way. But, yeah, oh, that'll, that'll take some weeks. Thank you very much, Adam. Thing is, people are going to come into my room and they're going to be like, Rob, you. Why, have you, why have you got a sexy framed anime picture of yourself looking a lot more muscly than and you And what's are? that on the floor? Is that a foxtail? Yes, it's a foxtail. Why all is right. it black all over your sheets? Why is there cum? No. <laughs> why, why, is, why is the foxtail covered in love juice? Um, oh, well, and by love juice, I mean apple hell, juice. Look at the detail on the belt buckle. Oh, wow, he's... 
Really pulled out on all the stops. Thank you, uh, Adam, and thank you, a mysterious artist. Chrissy Burgess. A second on the eyes on Instagram. Nice. There you go. Thank you very much, mate. That's incredible. They came to party. They came from outer space. (laughs) But for these unhappy campers... Just put this thing on. Things are about to get slimy. If you go down to the woods today, you'd better keep an eye out for... Quaggers! They're mean, they're insane, and they're everywhere. And they've got an appetite for naughty campers. Starring Jody Bennett, Bailey Pillbeam, Isabel Allbutt, and Blake Aiden. Quaggers! They're everywhere. We are not going back in that tent. Watch it now at hollowdellmedia.vhx.tv And that was the show! That was the show. That was episode one of the Hollowdale Media podcast, the successor to the Screen Bucket podcast, and my birthday episode. Yes, indeed. So, you can follow us at Hollowdale Media on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> You can also, uh, if you do like what, we, what you uh, if you do like what you hear, do follow us at patreon.com slash hollowdellmedia and also spreadshirt.com slash hollowdellmedia if you want some merch. Yeah, check out the merch. Oh, we could put your Ken Bison picture on a t-shirt. Yes, we could. Yeah, I want everyone to be wearing my <laughs> likeness when I fluff them with my foxy tail. <laughs> so, yes, yes, yes. Uh, a bit of a long episode this week, but that's because it's Rob's birthday yeah don't worry we don't you don't have to normally listen to us drivel on for so long i think i want to now we're renewed now we're out of the chrysalis i'm gonna make it a little shorter yeah we're gonna make a little it a little more bite-sized podcast a little more bite-sized podcast yeah a little bit a little bit just a little bit, just a little bit. Oh, oh god i need to choose a film for next time you do need to choose a film okay so what we do here is one of us will go through a book at random I've got something better for you. Uh, not a book. You have to pick a letter. Right, so my girlfriend is a, um, is a firefighter. Oh, he's got a girlfriend. Yeah. You know, Just keep, keep mentioning keep her. Out. However, she gave me um, a firefighter's pen from the blank uh, fire and rescue service to keep her anon- anon- anonymous. It's a scroll of fire fire advice. Okay. Be safe at home. So I've got this fire, fire, fire engine pen. Okay. Pick. Uh, okay. So go through. So I'm just gonna oh. roll my word about it. the thing. Is, it's gonna be quite limited, isn't it? Which is. Uh, la la la. Okay. Right. La la la. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Stop. Oh. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna roll my finger up and down the page, and Rob's gonna tell me to stop. Stop. Vulnerable. 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 And the sentence is. Fit smoke alarms on every floor of your property. Sponsored by the Fire and Rescue Service. Yeah. Um, so We're yeah. Not sponsored by the Fire and Rescue. Yeah. Uh, so give give that a go. Um, Vulnerable. Hmm. Yeah. Okie dokie. 
Great. <laughs> happy birthday to me. Yes, happy birthday, Rob. You old, old man. <laughs> See you in a fortnight.